Welcome to Main Menu for February 13th, 2010. I'm Jamie Pauls. This week we visit with Brian Hartchen of TNT Consultancy about version 5 of JTunes, a set of scripts for iTunes with JAWS. Next, Michael Loff of Sarotech talks with Michelle Papin of Humanware about Oratio, a new screen reader for BlackBerry phones. Finally, Rick Harmon brings us part 4 of his Windows 7 Details series. That's all coming up on this edition of Main Menu. This week on Main Menu, I'm visiting with Brian Hartgen of TNT Consultancy, and we're talking about JTunes version 5.0. And Brian, why don't you tell any of our listeners who might not know what JTunes is? I'd be really glad to do that. And first of all, thank you very much for having me on Main Menu. It's been uh, quite some time since I've been on the program, so it's great to be here. JTunes, uh, we started it back in 2005. This was a time when there was absolutely no access, really, to iTunes for screen reader users. We had a really crazy situation. You'll probably re- remember yourself, Jamie, where we had this, this great music player called the iPod Shuffle. And it was very, very accessible, obviously, because it had no screen. But by contrast, we had this software that was very inaccessible, iTunes. And Anna Dresner, who works for the National Braille Press, she wrote this great book about her journey of discovery of the iPod Shuffle and how she uh, got around certain things. And that really inspired me to start writing the JTune scripts for Jaws. That's how it all started, really. That's interesting. I did not realize that Anna's book inspired you to start that work. I remember those early days, and it was pretty rough going, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> you had to do an awful lot with the JAWS cursor because really nothing worked unless you specifically assigned any highlight colors and things like that. And there was a lot even then you couldn't do. So, uh, yeah, definitely was, it was down to Anna that started it all off, really. <laughs> um, so then, obviously, we've developed JTunes throughout the five years. There is some support for iTunes within the JAWS for Windows screen reader at the moment, particularly with version 11. Despite that, JTunes is still definitely our most popular JAWS-based product, and we have four of them. That's excellent. iTunes itself has, uh, well, Apple actually has done some work in increasing accessibility in the Windows environment especially, correct? They have. That's great. That's got to help you guys out a lot. It helps a lot. There's quite a few things which screen readers in general still don't do, despite the level of accessibility which is in the program. And that's why JTunes is still really quite popular. So if I can, uh, Jamie, what I'd like to do is just spend a couple of minutes talking you through a handful of some of the things that JTunes does so that one can really appreciate the differences between how JAWS would behave ordinarily and how JTunes responds once you have it installed. That'd be great. The first thing is that JTunes eliminates a lot of the spoken chatter 
that you get from screen readers when using iTunes. As a very basic example, when you arrow through the track titles, ordinarily JAWS will say the word name, then the track title name, then artist followed by the artist's name and so on. Now, when you're arrowing down a lot of tracks in your library, the last thing you want to be hearing is the word name <laughs> preceding every single track title. Yeah. The whole point about first letter navigation is that when you press an initial letter to get down to where you want to be, you hear the first uh, item beginning with that letter. You don't want to hear the word name. So things like that, really, JTunes will help you with. We've tidied up the speech a lot in many places of the application. The next thing is it provides hotkeys to read important parts of the screen more immediately. And things I'm thinking of here are things like the track title of the item that you're playing or the podcast that you're playing, how long the track is, whether the iPod is being updated, etc., or whether the update is complete. That's great, because if you use the program without scripts, you can get that information, it's a lot of it, but you've got to do a lot of tabbing, especially. You've got to do a lot of tabbing, that's exactly right. Particularly with iTunes version 9 and above, yes, the information is all there in a group of static boxes, which I'm going to talk about uh, when we perhaps talk about some of the new features in JTunes 5. But you're absolutely right, you have to do an enormous amount of tabbing past a whole load of buttons to get to where you need to be. So... Yes, the JTunes scripts give you that information perhaps more immediately. We have keystrokes to undertake manipulation. So the most obvious one here is sorting by album title or alphabetically or reverse alphabetically. If you don't have JTunes installed, it is doable, but there's a lot of mouse cursoring around that you have to do, even if you happen to know what your JAWS cursor is or your JAWS uh, uh, mouse pointer equivalent. It's still very difficult to actually hit the left mouse button in the right place in some instances. And what you'll find generally anyway is that using the JAWS cursor on the iTunes screen, the text seems for whatever reason to be a little bit garbled. One word seems to run into another. So definitely JTunes helps there too. Keystrokes to move to specific iTunes components. So we have keystrokes, for example, to go to the source list directly, to the item list as we call it, so the list of tracks or radio stations, whatever it happens to be, and directly as well to the search edit field. They're more logical keystrokes and they save you time. The ability to read tracks when they are selected. Now, JAWS doesn't give you this by default. So when you shift arrow down, which you need to do if you want to do a lot of copying to your iPod, particularly manually, mm -hmm. JAWS will not read out the selected items as you move. So JTunes will let you do that. I've put here keystrokes which do what they're meant to do. <laughs> so particularly in iTunes, for example, when you press certain keystrokes, you don't always get the expected result. So when you press the home key as a basic example, yes, focus will move to the top of the list that you're in, but the screen reader has a bit of difficulty in tracking focus. So it doesn't always read the correct item that you're on. So we take care of that sort of thing. And I think the last thing, really, uh, as I say, it's just a small handful of things that I'm highlighting here. Sure. We have Hotkey Help, which gives the list of JAWS-specific keystrokes for iTunes. Context-sensitive help, so you can press Insert F1 on any of the controls within the program. 
But I think the main source of help that people get is our user guide. And I'm, with our products, I'm always very pleased with the documentation that we have. I think it's really quite detailed. And that's certainly a project that Anna and I have worked on very closely to make sure not only that people learn how to use JTunes effectively, but some good tips and tricks are in there about how to get the most from iTunes and the iPod. That's excellent. That is actually one of the things I was going to mention if you didn't, because your user guide is quite detailed about just how to use iTunes in general, not just the scripts. Sometimes you'll see on a mailing list, I've just installed iTunes, how do I use it? And it's hard to even know how to respond to that, because there's so much there. But your user guide does a great job of teaching the basics of the program, and maybe even some more advanced features as well. Well, thank you for that. The key words you hit on there definitely are that there is so much, because It is a complete music management system, isn't it? You have the ability to put tracks in your own library. You've got the radio stations, you've got the podcast, and you've got the iTunes store. It's a massive program, and it's evolved over the years. Exactly. So what are some new features that are in uh, JTunes 5? This is the thing I'm looking forward to (laughs) telling you most about. First of all, we had to make sure when we were developing JTunes 5 that everything that we had in iTunes 8 and JTunes 4.1 worked. Um, You might really think that that's not a feature, but it takes a lot of work and a lot of beta testing to make sure that everything does work. And I always want to make sure that we have a good, stable, working version of a product, whatever we're developing, before we even think about new features. But we have that now. I think we're hitting the ground running now that we've launched this version of JTunes. I'm going to highlight just some of the new features that we have. So the first thing, definitely very important, is internet updating. So a person will be able to press a keystroke and they will be able to check via our website automatically if an update to JTunes is available. Apple are quite prolific in terms of issuing updates to iTunes. You've probably noticed yourself. And uh, during this year, what I'd like to do, representing our company, is to respond much better to those updates than perhaps we have done in the past. So... For example, when you get an iPhone, to take advantage of new features, Apple want you to update iTunes, obviously. So we must be better at responding to those updates because otherwise people who have got iPhones particularly are going to find themselves in some difficulty. Mm. How it works is, as I say, the user presses a keystroke. If there is an update available, it will bring up a dialog box and it will ask them if they would like to download the update. If they select yes, which is fairly obvious, otherwise it wouldn't have started out by checking, then it will download the necessary JAWS files and it will place them in the JAWS local settings folder and it will tell them then that the update is active. And that takes approximately two seconds on a broadband connection. So it's a fairly fast process, and um, we think that's going to be really good. Great. Um, Following on from that, we have internet activation. So beforehand, what you had to do was um, uh, you had to wait for your JTunes dealer to send you out an authorization file and you would run it and you would restart the computer and it all took a while. Now you can simply install the demo copy of JTunes from the website and if you've you bought a license for it you can just press a keystroke 
and it will again go out onto the internet and it will bring back your authorization file and install it in the right place and it will be immediately active. So that's going to be a lot faster for people to get up and running. Now, I mentioned static text boxes earlier on. iTunes has these static text controls that tell you things like the song name, how much space is occupied for your library on your computer and that sort of thing. And you can get to these from your library, particularly by pressing tab quite a few times. What you can do in JTunes 5 is that you can arrow left and right or control left and right arrow through those static text controls. And this is really useful because it means obviously that uh, you're not just hearing the output from your screen reader as a single string which may contain some text that you can't understand too well. So you can explore that more slowly, if you wish, even character by character, so that you get a real sense of what's in there. Um, I think that's particularly important for track titles and artist names, because obviously some of them have really obscure spellings, so you might want to check those out, find out what they are. The iTunes Store. Well, by and large, JAWS 11 works really well with the iTunes store anyway, particularly with the new version of iTunes, which is 9.03 at the time of this recording, because there are headings in the store which make things a little easier to navigate. But one of the things we did fix was some extraneous speech that was going on in the column browser. Now, the iTunes column browser is what used to be known as the iTunes browser. It's just got a new name for it, and it allows you to browse different categories, such as films or audiobooks, things like that. There was quite a lot of extra speech that you really didn't need there, so we've, we've filtered some of that out. And the last thing I'd like to highlight is something called numbers mode. We used to have this in an older version of JTunes, and then we took it out and we put it back in again. We don't keep things in when they're not reliable, but we think it is now. Numbers mode is really good for when you're using playlists or creating playlists, and you want to rearrange the order of the tracks. It's still quite important to have a a sequential reminder of the numbered items in your playlist. So you can turn on numbers mode and then you can arrow up and down the playlist and it will say track one is Elvis Presley, are you lonesome tonight? Track two is whatever it happens to be. So it's just a a bit of an aid memoir, a memory jogger, if you like, so that you know how many tracks you have in the playlist and in which order they are. So that's that's a quick summary of some of the features within JTunes 5, but we think it's good, and the sales, certainly initially, are still really good at the moment. Excellent. Do you ever see a time, and I know there's only one of you, so I'm not sure you could do this, but do you ever see a time when your all of your scripts might be might be ported over to, say, the Window Eyes environment as well? We've been talking about this a long time, really, and yes, more than likely there will come a time when that will happen. But certainly from a UK perspective, and obviously while we appreciate uh, we're serving a worldwide audience, sure. we are a UK company, and JAWS is by far the most selling screen reader here in the UK. That's the one we've always been with, and, yeah. and it's had a well-established scripting language for some considerable time but we never say never and i'm sure that uh it might come along in time very good now purchasing the scripts um obviously from your website tnt-consultancy.com 
um, and that's T-A-N-D-T, by the way, um, it's possible to purchase online. For someone in the United States, what is the process for purchasing these scripts? So just to reiterate, the website address is www.tandt-consultancy.com. And yes, you're absolutely right. You can purchase online. The JTunes 5 product is only available for JAWS version 11. So you must have JAWS version 11 on the machine and authorized before you install it and activate it. There is a demo which allows you to try the product out for 15 computing sessions, that is 15 restarts of the JAWS program, which should give you an idea as to whether you want to purchase the product or not, because potentially you could leave it running for a few hours each session if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. That's where you can purchase it. In the US, it's from Next Generation Technologies, and that's at www.ngtvoice.com. They do have an online shopping system. I'm sure they'll admit that it's not the most accessible online shopping system in the world. It's certainly not like ours because obviously we've designed ours from the ground up specifically. But if you're good with your screen reader, you can purchase it online. But they'll be willing to take orders over the phone if that's the easiest way of doing it. And um, if you go to their website and select the Contact Us link, you'll be able to get the phone number there, and uh, they'll be more than willing to assist you in your sales purchase there. And someone from the United States needs to go to that website, right? It's not actually possible to purchase from TNT Consultancy in the U.S.? No, it isn't, I'm afraid. No, you would need to go to the Next Generation Technologies website for that. Exactly. Okay, I just wanted to, to make sure that we, that we knew about that. Well, while I've got you, we might as well talk about Infotech a little bit. Uh, Tell us what that is and and how that's coming along. Okay, thanks. Well, Infotech is a magazine, like Main Menu, reviews independently information technology, particularly specialist products, really, the specialist devices that are available for the visually impaired. It's been in operation now since 1995. It started out on cassette, and uh, now it's just available in download format from the website or also on CD as well. It's a bi-monthly magazine. It used to be monthly, but to be fair, it's now bi-monthly. And because it's in a download format or on CD, we're not limited to time. With our Site Village coverage, and Site Village is the premier exhibition of equipment and services for the visually impaired in the UK, it is upwards of 20 hours each edition, each Site Village issue, because we tend to include a lot of seminars and certainly a lot of interviews with different suppliers and representative companies selling products here in the UK. Generally, what we do is we take a couple of issues, a couple of products, and we'll review them really in depth. Um, A couple of examples that I can think of of reviews that I've uh, conducted myself, one was the Plex Talk Pocket. That was sometime last year. And one was the Book Sense. And each of those, what I did was I spent two and a half hours uh, going through every conceivable aspect of them that I could think of, uh, not only talking in technical terms about the products and how they function, um, but also giving a little bit of a critique as to how I feel about them as a user of usually about two weeks standing of these products and demonstrating the products as well. Because I think if a person hears for themselves how a product sounds, 
they don't need me to tell them whether they, they're going to buy the product or not. They can hear it for themselves. Yeah, excellent. And I mean, your your reviews are quite comprehensive. I can I can attest to that, and and uh, are quite quite well done. Thank you very much. Well, are there any final comments that you'd like to uh, to add before we wrap this up? No, it's just been a, a real pleasure to talk to you on Main Menu. And just to reiterate the website again, it's at www.tnt, that's T-A-N-D-T, hyphen consultancy.com. Excellent. Brian Hartjohn with TNT Consultancy here on Main Menu. We, the Main Menu team, would love to hear from you, the listener. You can drop us an email by sending a message to mainmenu at acbradio.org. That's mainmenu.acbradio.org. To find out what's coming up each week on Main Menu, follow Main Menu on Twitter by going to www.twitter.com slash mainmenu. That's www.twitter.com slash mainmenu. You can also find out what's happening on Main Menu by joining the ACB Radio announce list or the ACB Radio friends list. To join the announce list, send a blank message to announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. To join the ACB Radio friends list, send a blank message to friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. You can subscribe to a weekly podcast of Main Menu shows at http colon slash slash mainmenu.acbradio.org slash rss.php. That's http colon slash slash mainmenu.acbradio.org slash rss.php. Finally, visit the Main Menu website at http colon slash slash mainmenu.acbradio.org. That's http colon slash slash mainmenu.acbradio.org. The following is brought to you courtesy of Serotech. Visit www.serotech.com. Or to view their podcasts, go to www.serotalk.com. Speaking with Michelle Pepin, and you are the president of HumanWare, is that correct? Uh, no, the president of uh, HumanWare is Gilles Pepin, which is uh, a related cousin uh, of mine, but uh, I'm, uh, I worked as a, the product manager behind the uh, release of Oratio for BlackBerry smartphones. Okay, so let's talk about Oratio. It was formerly named Orator, and you, you changed the name to prevent any possible complications, I guess, with a U.S. company. As of your initial release here, the beginning of February, you currently support just one of the BlackBerry units, the uh, 8520, but you say you will be expanding the models very shortly. Is that correct? Absolutely. Right now, the, uh, we, we've, uh, we wanted to have as much, uh, as much choice of, of smartphone device as possible at time of release, but we didn't want to wait uh, any longer to release the ratio for BlackBerry because we know this has been anticipated for the last few months. And uh, knowing that it was working very well, uh, very stable on the Curve 8520, uh, we looked at releasing that as the first available device. We are definitely working on the new QWERTY keyboard sorry, that uh, Research in Motion is putting to market or has put to market in the last uh, couple of months. And, of course, uh, there's some development that needs to be done to make sure that Oratio performs in the same fashion that it does on the, uh, the, the device that has been marketed right now. Can we mention any other supported BlackBerry devices that will be coming into play in the future? 
Well, right now it's hard because I, I don't want to make any promises. Uh, one of the devices I can tell you that uh, I, we have talked about it in the past as well is the, the BlackBerry uh, Tour 9630 smartphone. Uh, as, as I said, I'm not making any promises here, but of course uh, our goal is to make sure that Horatio can perform and be very stable uh, on that device. So most of our effort now that we've released it on the Curve 8520 smartphone will be to focus on the tour and to find out if it's realistic to uh, to be able to implement on that. For us, uh, one of the reasons why it's so important to work with the tour is we know that uh, a lot of government agencies are looking at the tour as their smartphone uh, device of choice. So we want to make sure that we're able to address uh, that that issue, making sure that any uh, government agencies that will be providing a um, the, the BlackBerry Tour 9630 to their sighted employee will also have the same option for their uh, visually impaired employees. Now, do BlackBerry devices have the same kind of locked versus unlocked status as far as people who may want to use other carriers? Uh, right now, we're limited to AT&T. Will people in the States ultimately be able to use T-Mobile or what? Uh, can you roll out for persons in Canada? The, the goal is definitely to have uh, a ratio work with every uh, phone carrier. Right now, the reason we say only AT&T, and I'll explain uh, briefly, is that the, uh, the, I would say the code line behind the software that runs on the Curve 8520 to support uh, the text-to-speech engine behind Horatio for BlackBerry uh, needs to be a, uh, an update that, um, that was made available at the end of 2009. And the fact that uh, AT&T is, uh, is, is decided to carry late in December the, uh, the, the, the BlackBerry Curve 8520 smartphone, they uh, assured themselves of having the proper update and code line. So all the other carriers that have been distributing and support the Curve 8520 uh, needs to, ha- to do an update to those phones to provide uh, their customers the proper code line to support the TTS. Before they, can, before they do this, uh, Horatio will not be able to work on it. So it's, it's a business decision, and it's a, it's a decision that will come from the phone carriers. Uh, once that is done, Horatio will be able to be supported by every BlackBerry Curve 8520 on the market. Uh, now, did you say that possibly by the 15th of this month, at least the Canadians would have one option? Well, we're told that uh, there's a, a carrier in Canada called Fido that is uh, looking to uh, support, start supporting the uh, Curve 8520. Once again, like AT&T uh, being, um, a, I would say, a later comer uh, to support this device, they will have access to the latest code line on the uh, the device itself, so they will provide and support uh, BlackBerry Curve 8520 smartphone that has the proper uh, software update for supporting the TTS behind Horatio. So the ratio will be able to work. So for us, uh, unless, as I said, there's other carriers between now and then that provides the, that, that update uh, to support Horatio, uh, uh, Fido in Canada would be the first uh, carrier to offer Horatio uh, on the uh, Curve 8520. Okay, in your press release, you state that some users may not be able to do everything they want in this initial release. What features uh, were left out to to get Horatio uh, up and running and out to the masses? Well, they, once again, the, the the goal for us was to make sure that we were addressing uh, all of the the BlackBerry. 
uh, core application. What I'm saying, all of them, is we wanted to make sure that we address most of the the most important one right from the get go. I know that there's uh, the, there's a lot of issues behind the fact that uh, the, the web browser is not fully supported. So we we claim that what well, we say it's partially partly supported uh, in the essence that uh, if any landing page they go on using their BlackBerry device. Uh, web browser, they will need to have a landing page that offers accessibility but also offers support for mobile device. If you're landing on a page that has no mobile device support or no accessibility, then it will be impossible to navigate that page. The, our goal is to once again uh, post launch now. This is what uh, this is part of the roadmap uh, that we're, we're developing this week is to focus a lot of effort on developing a web browser very similar to what uh, customers would be. Uh, would um, would want to see uh, based on on the competitive products such as talks and mobile speak and being able to offer that as quickly as possible uh, at no charge for the users and customers that have already purchased uh, Oratio for BlackBerry. So let me understand web browsing the landing pages will have to be mobile device specific like usually the M dot what have you and and yeah landing page pages yeah that 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 offers mobile mobile device support absolutely. What about social networking such as Facebook or Twitter? Can folks do that with this initial release? Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, Facebook is accessible. I'm, I can't, I'm not going to claim that it's fully accessible, but it is accessible to, uh, to get on the page to do some of the navigation, yes. Twitter as well. Uh, but once again, I, I, I do not want to claim that Twitter or, or Twitter it's fully accessible uh, because we did not test all of the uh, the different application within uh, that um, that that uh, sorry that landing or that uh, web page okay what about uh, reading or editing of word documents can that be done well word documents uh, once again, depending on how they're being sent to the BlackBerry smartphone, if you have an attachment, you can open up the attachment and read it. Uh, there's some some editing that can be done on that document as long as, as I said, it's the attachment from the, uh, the that was sent with the email. If a user wants to use Word to Go or uh, Slideshow to Go or Sheet to Go, those application or third-party application are not supported at this moment. Those are not core application from from BlackBerry or resource search in motion um, application, they're from third-party application. Okay, are there any means for support for either Braille displays or magnification of the screen? At this moment, this is not, uh, with the, part of it is, 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 uh, is on the roadmap, of course, uh, humanware being a provider and manufacturer of, of Braille product, we definitely want to be able to, add, to create some sort of compatibility and some connection as well, so that a, let's say, a, a, a visually impaired user, either using a Braille node can can connect to his BlackBerry device or even just using a, a, a Braille cell, Braille display to be able to connect to read uh, using Braille. So these are part, of, once again, of the roadmap, uh, something that will probably come later in 2010. Uh, but was not intended right from the the beginning uh, for the launch. Okay, what about streaming audio content? Are there any apps if I want to say listen to NPR news or just play some music? Can that be done? Uh, right now, uh, being able to do that once again is part of the either web browser if you go on the web browser or using the media player uh, and the media p player on the device. Uh, once again, it's partly supported. It's uh, uh, partially supported. It's not fully supported this moment. 
so the media hub screen is not accessible on the device. And this, once again, these are some of the, the little details that we need to, uh, to look at uh, and to implement in future releases. It was not part of our uh, core goal for media player and such cameras uh, to be fully accessible right from the get-go. We wanted to focus on the core application, uh, more business-oriented-wise with uh, emails, contacts, calendar, and so on. Okay, can we install or ratio ourselves, or will we need sighted assistance to accomplish that? For the first-time installation, uh, you, will need, you will need the help of a sighted, uh, sighted friend. The reason being is that the installation is a two-step process. The first step is the installation of the software, which can fairly uh, done fairly easily uh, on your own. The registration process, unfortunately, is a process that uh, the device itself, once the installation is done, will provide you with a specific product serial number. And until that, the, 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 to sorry, to create the uh, the registration key. And until that registration key is installed properly on the BlackBerry device, uh, Oratio will not start speaking. So, which means that. As you're installing, you get a greeting message, which is a recorded greeting message letting you know that you need to register before you can uh, use uh, the application through a ratio for BlackBerry. So which means that once the installation is done, that key is generated, the product number is generated, and you need the, the help of a sighted uh, person to give you or to read out that number. And uh, upon entering that number on the same web page you did your uh, download for the, the installation download, I, I should say, uh, you can create or generate that key once that product number is, uh, is issued. And that's the only part where someone would need the help of a sighted friend. Thereafter, any upgrades that will be done, any small, uh, minor upgrades or major upgrades, uh, any uh, BlackBerry users using a ratio, visually impaired BlackBerry users using a ratio, I should say, will be able to uh, do an upload or download of uh, any updates uh, without the help of any assisted uh, sighted assistance. So what is the software or process for syncing data either to or from our PC or Macintosh to the BlackBerry? There's different ways to uh, to do the installation, Michael. Uh, we've wanted to create uh, to to uh, create and, and give as much uh, flexibility as possible. So there there's one that you can uh, use what's called the, the BlackBerry Desktop Manager, which is uh, which is a PC and, and Mac compatible. And uh, this, of course. Uh, the user needs to download all the different files and use the uh, the BlackBerry desktop management software that comes with the, uh, the the BlackBerry smartphone at the time of purchase. So it's a CD software installation, and from that uh, that application, they can uh, retrieve those the, the three files they've downloaded and to do the install that way. We also wanted to create more easier way to do so. Uh, one is over the air, which means that if a user already has uh, purchased their BlackBerry device. Uh, they have the uh, they have set up their email account. They can use the device, and of course, they'll they'll need the help of a sighted friend here to do so, to open up the email that HumanWare sending them after after the purchase, and they simply uh, scroll through the what's called the over the air file. They click on it using their their BlackBerry device and it will install automatically onto the device. The third solution is what's called web loader. So once this is a very simple way, it's probably the easiest way to install it. You just connect your BlackBerry device via the US, provided USB cable to your computer. 
you select a web loader uh, link, and by simply clicking on it, it will automatically give you a message uh, asking you if you want to load uh, or ratio for BlackBerry on the device connected to your PC. You, you say yes, and the installation is, uh, once again, very uh, seamless, and it takes about 30 seconds to do. Okay, what is the typical battery life we can expect? Battery life, I would, uh, I would refer you back to uh, what uh, Research in Motion claims with respect to battery life on their devices. It depends on the, the usability and usage of, the, of each uh, user. A ratio for BlackBerry, I can tell you that ratio for BlackBerry does not take any more battery life than, uh, than not using a ratio for BlackBerry. Uh, we've, we wanted to create an application that would not drain the battery at any point, uh, or wouldn't drain the battery any, any more or any less than uh, the, the simple users of a sighted uh, person using a BlackBerry smartphone. For instance, and I'm just talking personal experience here, with my device running a ratio uh, 100% of the time, if I use my, my BlackBerry device regularly to do emails, to look at emails, uh, answering call, I usually put it back on charge every three days, three and a half days. Uh, if, I, if I'm in standby mode, I can easily go for a week without having to, uh, to, uh, to recharge it. Once again, standby mode means that I'm not using, and I'm, I might be scrolling through emails, but I'm not opening emails, I'm not uh, answering any emails. So that's, uh, and that's my personal uh, experience with a BlackBerry device. I'm not saying that everybody will get the same. But I would definitely uh, ask any users that wants to know more about this to read the, uh, the user manual or the quick getting started manual that came with the, uh, the device uh, at time of purchase. Can you give us an overview of the gestures and how they work? With respect to moving around in, in one application, in different applications? Yes. Okay. Well, basically, and I guess to give, to give a little bit overview of how the device works, I mean, the device, uh, as I mentioned, uh, we're solely working with right now with QWERTY keyboard devices, which uh, are located at the bottom of the lower parts of the, the device. Uh, of course, a big portion of the device is the screen itself. It is not a touch screen. It is it's just a simple uh, regular uh, smartphone screen, and just above the the keyboard or uh, and, and below the screen, you've got a set of uh, five different buttons. The central one is called the trackpad or the trackball in some in some other model, which is the uh, which has the same uh, same use. Is basically uh, I would compare it to a computer mouse, where the user with his finger or with his thumb can just by rolling up and down, left and right, give direction to uh, highlight uh, different application or put them in focus. And once they do that, uh, if, if they scroll slowly left or right, as they pass on each application, uh, Oratio provides you with the, uh, the output of each different application. So if you're looking for the calendar, you just move on slowly to uh, or search for the calendar uh, to put the calendar icon in focus. And then what you do is you press that trackpad or trackball down uh, to enter the calendar application. Once into the calendar application, and most of the application are a, a vertical uh, list, so it's just going up and down, once again, using the trackball or the trackpad. I would call that the one touch button that will pr pretty much give you access to any application or anywhere into the phone. It's, it's very well designed for that, very, um, very well thought of, and all of the different applications are linked to themselves. So 
once again, give you an example. If you go into your contact, you look for, let's say, uh, Michelle Pepin. Uh, you find Michelle Pepin by just simply writing M-I-C-H, and it will list you all the different Michelle or any name that starts that way in that contact application. Then you scroll to, if they have more than one, you scroll to Michelle Pepin up and down once again using that trackpad or trackball. And once you're in your application, you have a choice to go on my email, on my personal home phone number, work phone number, cell phone, depending on how much information you've entered. Once again, by just pressing the trackpad, let's say, on my email address, it takes you, it opens up a window, say, do you want to send an email to Michelle? You click that trackball again and automatically enters you into your email settings. And uh, my, my email address is all written up and you're in the text field. You can start typing your, your text. On each side of the track pad itself or the track ball, you've got uh, what's called the, the, the escape key on the right-hand side and the menu key on the left-hand side. The menu key is basically your contextual menu. So in any application that you're in, the menu key will open up a pull-down menu, up and which is a vertical list menu as well. And by scrolling through it, you've different different uh, menu application feature you'll have depending on the application you're into. On the external side, either left or right, of the uh, this uh, this linear key key uh, configuration, uh, on the right-hand side, you've got your end call key, which is if you're making a phone, you want to end your phone call, which is uh, pretty similar or standard for smartphone and cell phone. And on the left-hand side is placing a call. So if after you've entered a number, you press that uh, send call key, and that would send your number. But as I said, on Unless you really need to enter a number physically by hand, uh, if, you're, if you have the, uh, any numbers or any call you want to make, if that person is part of your contact, uh, you, don't, you don't need to go into your phone application and enter the number uh, one digit at a time. You can just retrieve it from your contact, which is a lot easier and, and much simpler to do. All of the keys have some some uh, feature associated to it, either a shortcut based on the Oratio uh, configuration screen or simply a uh, the, the the keyboard layout. Uh, that we've designed, uh, and, and uh, part of the learning curve, we designed a um, what's called a describer mode, which allowed the user, by entering the describer mode, to find out, okay, how is that keyboard laid out? And I, when I said, Michael, this is a uh, QWERTY keyboard, it is a virtual QWERTY keyboard that any users, customers would uh, would find on their uh, computer uh, keyboard type or external keyboard type as well. And uh, the key describer allows you to recognize how the keyboard is set out and which keys have a shortcut associated. When I say a shortcut, simply to uh, set your either volume, your pitch, uh, set your verbosity, uh, set your, your punctuation, and so on. So it allows the user to, to actually go and set those uh, different settings into the Oratio contextual menu much faster than having to go into the Oratio icon, focus it, uh, uh, press a trackpad to enter it, and then scrolling up and down. So we just wanted, once again, to make that as simple as possible and easier access, which, once again, is very standard if you're looking at the, uh, the other product uh, offering a similar uh, type of screen reading solution on the market. BlackBerry smartphone is well designed as well. They do have an accessibility feature, part of their menu, that would allow you to instead, because uh, the, 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 what it's called, the home screen or the, uh, the, the application screen, has multiple icons. And this definitely is left and right, up and down, which can be confusing for a new uh, user on BlackBerry devices because the touchpad can, can be very sensitive as well. So if you're scrolling too fast, uh, you can skip a few of the, the icon and go directly to, uh, to an icon that's probably not the one you're looking for. So 
So in the accessibility feature, you can custom, customize or custom set your device, especially in the learning curve uh, period, to only have one icon on screen. And I say on screen because, of course, uh, being the screen reader, a ratio will read what uh, is shown on the screen. By having only one icon, grant you that if you have 20 different icons in your application uh, menu, uh, you'll have to scroll uh, through those different 20s to find the proper application you're looking for. But this will allow you to just go one application at a time and not miss anything. Uh, part of the, the settings as well, and it's very well documented in our quick getting started uh, and Horatio user guide, is to be able to set the sensitivity of the, the trackpad or the trackball. By default, it's at 70 out of 100, which is fairly fast. And uh, any users, customers can go into this, uh, this custom setting and, and uh, set to the lowest value, which is 20. And at 20, of course, it allows the user, uh, when they're moving on the trackpad, it's not moving as fast. So it's easier, once again, to move from one application to the next. There's, different, uh, there's other different uh, little uh, features, such as audible, uh, what I would say, the audible uh, role uh, when, when you're using the trackpad and you're moving from one feature to another, one uh, application to another. It will give you a little click, letting you know that you're passing on either a feature or an application. That's something, once again, that can be custom set. Uh, it's part of the BlackBerry device. It's not something that we've, uh, we've created in Horatio. And once again, we've w very well documented that in our use, quick getting started and Horatio user guide so that uh, a new user uh, through their learning curve will be able to easily identify and set those, uh, I would say, th those feature that will uh, make their uh, BlackBerry usage uh, a better experience than the frustration of uh, saying this is, you know, the, the, the trackpad is too sensitive, it's hard to get from one application to the next. So we thought of all of this and, may, and wanted to be sure that it was well documented. And as I said, most of these features are BlackBerry uh, features, they're BlackBerry device features, they're not a ratio. Okay, so other than isolating a single icon, are there other features specifically for uh, folks who are partially sighted to be able to view the screen more effectively? Built in the device and the accessibility option, or yes, absolutely, you can. There's there's way to uh, increase the font. I think it goes as as big as 14 font. Uh, you can. Uh, there's a contrast as well that can be changed if uh, if you don't want to use color, you want to use black on white or white on black. These are once again uh, features that comes with the device at time of purchase. Uh, Research and Motion have been really proactive in their accessibility, offering accessibility to uh, all types of disabilities, and there's other application that a user could go on to uh, the Research and Motion site and, and find out a little bit more about uh, what other accessibility, especially for people with low vision and not necessarily uh, blindness, uh, what kind of other application they can install on their device that will make their experience a much richer experience and much easier for them to use uh, the BlackBerry devices. Okay, so what can we look for in future upgrades? What's going to be your kind of priorities as far as future enhancements? Well, the first one that we want to focus on, as I mentioned earlier on, uh, will be the web browser. So that for us is a uh, very important. We want to be able to offer connectivity to Braille devices. Uh, I would say those are probably our top two priority right now that we will want to uh, spend as much uh, time as needed to be able to introduce in the next upgrade. That being said, in the same time, we're going to be working on providing a ratio on more than one devices, so multiple devices as we, as we set forth. 
And, of course, uh, we know that REM Research in Motion are coming up with new devices quite you know, regularly throughout the year, and we want to be able to follow that trend and uh, offer a ratio on all of the QWERTY keyboard devices that, uh, that uh, Research in Motion will be putting to market. That's basically right now our core goal for, the, uh, for 2010. So what is the best mechanism for people to stay up on updates as uh, our ratio evolves? Well, I would say, of course, uh, logging on the website, www.aratio4bb.com would probably be the best thing because uh, everything, everything new that comes up, every update, uh, when we're announcing either other carriers supporting uh, or offering the, uh, the support needed uh, for a ratio on their devices, those will all be made available and, and we're all going to communicate that through our website. There will be newswires as well that will be sent out. There is a newswire list that people can, uh, can register with and of course uh, every, every news that will come up will be sent through the newswire first so the people on our ratio newswire which uh, they can um, register from the uh, ratio for for BlackBerry.com website, uh, will definitely have uh, first uh, the first information, a first uh, glimpse of information of what new and what's coming before we actually launch it. Okay, very good. Any final comments before we conclude? All I can say is I'm very pleased to be able to offer this uh, this solution to the visually impaired market. I know it's been a long process, longer than uh, than we had expected. The one thing that I can say uh, for most customers that have been very patient is thank you. Finally, we have a uh, it's available. I know that it's not available on every model right now that some uh, some people would have liked to, but we are definitely going to be working forward to make that available on multiple devices to offer more flexibility and more. Uh, option device-wise. But we also want to say that uh, working with uh, Research in Motion in partnership with Code Factory has been a very good learning experience and one that we want to keep uh, growing. And uh, all I can say is HumanWare, Code Factory, and Research in Motion are very committed in pursuing the development of a ratio for BlackBerry and, of course, uh, improving the given uh, application we have right now and being able to address and uh, implement new uh, software features and, and, make, and giving more accessibility to more feature of the, uh, the award-winning BlackBerry smartphone devices. Very good. Michelle Pepin from HumanWare. Check it out, www.oratio, O-R-A-T-I-O, the number 4BB is in BlackBerry.com. Thank you very much, sir. You're welcome, Michael. One last thing here that I just wanted to briefly show you. D default program D documents D devices and printers D D default programs D. Let's see where is that? W helpens shut brick document picture music games computer C control pad devices and printer default programs D Oops. leaving menu. Met all programs sub backs surf the that internet X, Microsoft secure Windows anytime up Windows DVD maker W. Yeah, the Windows DVD maker. We're going to go into here. Enter. Leaving menus. Windows DVD Maker. And... Go this page again. Checkbox checked. Alt plus D. Windows DVD Maker. Turn your digital memories into a DVD Maker. DVD dash video disc that includes your favorite videos and digital photos that you and others can watch on the TV or computer. Windows DVD Maker lets you create a DVD quickly, complete with professional dash looking menus, a scene selection page, and even a slideshow with music. Don't show this page again. Choose photos and videos. Cancel. Tab. Choose photos and videos button. Alt plus P. Okay, and we have various things. We can make slideshows on DVDs. and Tab, cancel button. Tab, don't show this tab. Choose photos and videos button. Alt plus P. Okay, so... Space, file. Add items button. File. 
Shift tab, back button, alt plus D tab, file, tab, DVD burner colon combo box, D colon, alt plus tab, button, tab, DVD title colon edit, 12 slash 31 slash 2009, alt plus T. Okay, and you can give your DVD a title. Tab, less A greater options, less slash A greater. You have some options here. Tab, file button, alt plus F. I, I've covered this all in a Vista podcast. If you want to go out on the site and, and get some more details on this, I'm not going to cover it here fully because of time, but I did a full demonstration of this. It's completely accessible. Space, context, menu, N, new, N. Open project, new, N. Enter, leaving menus. Tab. Okay. DVD burner colon. Shift tab, 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 tab. DVD burner colon, tab, 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 tab. Alt tab, sound, sound, alt tab, Windows DVD maker, file. Add items button, file. Add items button, Add items. enter, file. Add items button, space. Add items to DVD dialog, file name, colon, edit combo. Tab, files of type colon combo, me shift shift tab, not selected items view multi-select list box, not selected sample videos. Items view multi-select list box, videos library, videos. And I'll just go. Items view multi-select list box, library system folder, library. Back to the desktop here. Homebrew, Rick, computer, network, crimsontide.mpg. There we go, and we'll just pick that one. Enter, file, tab, DVD burner colon combo box, D colon tab, button. Tab, list view, not selected, Crimson Tide 1, Crimson Tide 1, 55, 51, ready. And it tells us it's on there and it's ready. Crimson Tide 1, Crimson Tide 1, 55, 51, ready. I think if we use the JAWS cursor, we get a little more details. JAWS to PC, 115 of 150 minutes, DVD title, colon 12, slash 31, options. How many uh, minutes we have left? There's 115 minutes used of 150 available for this, this setting for the DVD. Next button, cancel button. PC, tab, DVD title, colon, edit, 12, slash, 31, slash, 2009. And then you can change that. Tab, less A, greater option, tab, file button, alt, plus F. Shift tab, less A, greater options, less, slash, A, greater space, DVD options, dialog, DVD dash video page, DVD dash video page. How do I change my DVD settings? Tab, 4, colon, 3, radio button, checked, alt, plus E. You can do widescreen or narrow screen. Tab, NTSC radio button, checked, alt, plus N. NTSC or other other settings. Tab, DVD burner speed, colon, combo box, fastest, alt, tab, temporary file location, colon, tab, browse, dot, 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 button, tab. How do I change my DVD tab? OK button. Tab, cancel, but space, let's say, tab, file button, alt, tab, next button, alt, plus N. And then you simply would go to next. And space. List view, not selected, baby blue. And you can select a, a title theme here for the, the, the front uh, menu when the DVD comes up. Baby blue. Baby pink. And you got different. Baby blue. Different things here you can check. Tab, combo box, menu styles. Uh, you can change your menu styles and uh, various things. Tab, file button, alt plus tab, burn button, alt and plus And then you would simply go to burn. And I'm not going to do that, but I've tried this before, and like I said, I did a complete demonstration of this in, uh, for Vista when I was doing Vista back in 2008, and it's on the website, the Blank Geek Zone website, if you want to listen to it. And it goes through this full process, but as you can see, this is totally 100% accessible. You can take videos and stuff and make your own DVDs. Uh, you can take pictures and stuff, do slideshows. Um, all completely, you know, something we can do, which is which is really nice. 
All right, let me get out of here. Alt F4, Windows DVD Maker Dialog. Do you want to save your project and sound dialog? Windows can automatically adjust the volume. Alt F4, All Control Panel Items, Explorer Pane, CP Category. Alrighty, we're back to the control panel there. Next, uh, I want to show you a few different things here for maintenance and uh, show you a couple more things that are accessible. Uh, one of the things that I was talking about is more accessible in uh, Windows 7 than in Vista and XP and earlier is like say you needed to do stuff with your drives. You needed to go into to drive management. Um, as any of you that have done this know, it wasn't very easy to do with uh, Vista and earlier. You couldn't get to everything. So what I'm going to do here is... Uh, Menu, search box, edit. D-I-S-K-S-P-A-N, create and format our disk partitions, C. Okay, create and, yeah, and then I'll hit enter there. Enter, leaving menus, disk management, disk management, review, disk management. And I'm in disk management, and if I tab here in Vista and earlier. drive to backup left parent, F colon right parent, simple basic NTFS healthy left parent. You have a an upper pane here that you can go through. Vista left parent, E colon right parent, simple ba Windows 7 left parent, C colon right parent, simple basic NTFS. Vista left drive to backup left parent, F colon. And there's my different drives. If I hit my application key on these. Applications, context menu, O, open, O. You can open it. Explore, E. Mark partition as active, M. I can mark it as an active partition. Change drive letter and paths, dot, 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 I C. can change its drive letter if I needed to. Format, dot, 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 F. Can format it. Extend volume, dot, 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 unavailable, X. Um, if there was room, I could extend the volume out. Shrink volume, dot, 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 H. Uh, I can shrink it, make it smaller, so I could put another partition there if I wanted to. Delete volume, dot, 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 D. Uh, I can delete it. Properties, D. I can go into properties. Help, H. Open, O. Okay. Escape, leaving menus. Listen now, if you tab, backup, tab. Graphical view table. It says graphical view table, and, and on Vista and earlier, this graphical view wasn't accessible, but I'll show you here. If I hit insert up arrow. Disk zero. There's disk zero. If I hit arrow down. Disk one. Hit insert up arrow to read the line. There's disk one. CD-ROM zero. There's the CD-ROM. CD-ROM zero. Okay. Disk one. But let's just say I select disk one here. If I hit my application key on this. Applications, context menu, N. New span volume, dot, 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 unavailable, N. I can do things like set up a new span volume. New striped volume, dot, 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 unavailable, Striped volume. E. These are things for uh, different ways of doing, I think, uh, protection, raid, things like that. Convert the dynamic disk dot dot dot. See. Uh, you can convert this to dynamic disk where you can have multiple disks linked to it to show up as one drive. Convert the GPT disk unavailable. V. I don't know what a GPT disk is. Properties. P. Help. H. New span volume dot dot dot. But then you get, you get your properties here though. So you, you can see this is this is totally accessible and you can do everything you need to do through here. And that's something we haven't been able to do before. That concludes this edition of Main Menu. We trust you've enjoyed the program. On behalf of Jeff Bishop and the entire Main Menu team, I'm Jamie Pauls wishing you and yours a great week.